This episode of the Sportsman's Nation is brought to you by Outdoor Edge and their complete lineup of replaceable blade knives, fixed blade knives, and game processing kits. Now, we've all been there before, trying to field dress your wild game with a dull knife. This is where Outdoor Edge really steps in. With the Razor Safe system, you can have a brand new razor sharp blade with just the push of a button. No more dull blades and no more problems processing your wild game. To check out all of the products from Outdoor Edge, visit OutdoorEdge.com. And at checkout, enter the discount code NATION30. That's N-A-T-I-O-N-3-0 for 30% off of your purchase. This is the Houndsman XP Podcast. Good dog, get that bear. Get that bear in here. The original podcast for the complete houndsman. The podcast that represents our lifestyle of extreme performance. Get up there! Yeah! 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 Good boy! Good boy, Ranger! Uniting houndsmen across the globe, from east to west, north to south. You know, if you're going to catch a cat or a lion, you know, you have to have teamwork. We take you to the wildest places on earth. Yeah, so how many days how many days a week can you spend on As much as I can to be honest with you. Anytime that I get I'm I'm out there. Join us for every heart pounding adventure on Houndsman XP. I'll tell you like I tell everyone else, I'm gonna hunt whether you're here or not, so you might as well be here. <laughs> hey dude, what's up? How's it going? Hey, Seth. It's going pretty good. I just got home from a field trial oh, really? uh, with, with two of my dogs. It went, uh, well, Piper's doing pretty well. Um, she's in the points race and uh, she's she's really putting on the afterburners and I'm, I'm liking what I'm seeing. And she's nice. got enough points now from what I hear that I'll get like some kind of little plaque or something at the WBHA convention. So that's pretty Sweet. cool. Heck yeah, yeah. So I'm excited. I'm excited for next year. I have so much I want to talk to you guys about, but I'll keep it for another show. But I, I hear that sometimes trial people run half greyhound, half treeing hound, and that's pretty cool. <laughs> yeah, or like quarter, three quarters, kind of just a mix. I mean, they look like like stag hounds, like coyote dogs, just a little bit smaller. And uh, I met someone at a field trial a couple weeks ago that does that, and I was like, what? <laughs> they treat huh. a coon at the end what yeah i know that's that's rad i'd love to see that honestly so to the listeners guys show me some pictures of those half hot blood half treeing dogs or crosses that's that's cool <laughs> definitely let's see that because we know not a whole lot about it but you know what we do know about what we're here to talk about today is chris has tasked us with making this pre-roll so i suppose we should probably get to that i think that's probably a good idea good call <laughs> okay 
Well, what's going to happen this week is you guys are going to hear Chris sit down with Carl and Lucas from the WBHA uh, directors. Um, Lucas is the vice president. Carl's the president. You've heard us talk about the WBHA, Wisconsin Bear Hunters Association, before. You've heard about them before. We've put, posted it all over our sites. You guys, this organization knows what they're doing. Take note. In this, uh, at this convention that happened back in March, just in the auction items alone, they raised over $50,000. Holy smokes. Yeah, like super awesome. And then a field trial benefit that we had um, last week, we raised over $3,000. So, you know, hunters are getting together, houndsmen are getting together, and we're supporting what allows us to continue to do what we're doing. And it's not just bear hunters that's just support that should support this. It's the coyote hunters, it's the coon hunters. Um, you know, every hunter should really support it because, you know, we're not just fighting for bear hunting rights. We're fighting for uh, wolf hunting rights and everything that goes in between that 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 impacts what we do. So I'm really excited for you guys to hear this episode and stay tuned afterwards. Don't, don't hang up. Don't push pause. Don't, you know, click it off. Uh, there's a 10 minute segment afterwards uh, with the lobbyist for the WBHA. So you guys are going to get to hear what that's about. That's what so, I was going to say. You beat me right to it. <laughs> oh, sorry. <laughs> no, no, please. You were on a roll. I was happy to just let you go, dude. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, uh, the WBHA is super well organized and everybody needs to hear about Bob Welch, their lobbyist. This guy is top notch and this is how really well organized town organizations can really take the fight to the highest level. So you guys really should stay tuned and listen to that and get some ideas and uh, learn how to um, utilize a lobbyist. It's, I mean, as we all know, for better or for worse, that's how politics is done for interest groups and obviously guys we and all outdoorsmen unity we are an interest group so stay tuned for that guys i really want everyone to hear that and uh man lauren you just totally rolled that pre-roll perfect so (laughs) i'm good if you are yeah well i've got a couple more things to say so check it out there's you know go to the wisconsin bear hunters association webpage. look at that consider coming to the convention it's in march of every year uh it's really fun (laughs) <laughs> let's let's be honest wisconsin bear hunters they know how to how to party <laughs> so <laughs> chris was leaving for indiana on sunday morning at 4 30 in the morning and he had, was passing the people that i was still hanging out with and i didn't get back to my room until oh, after five o'clock in the morning so <sighs> it's a good time <laughs> dang yeah man i should come up next year huh maybe i mean <laughs> yeah it's fun um one other thing Let's talk about that uh, that wolf survey. Oh, yes, yes, yes. So you posted that on the Houndsman XP group. Um, you posted that survey that's open to everybody. And uh, I hear you're getting pretty good traction, but I think we could get much better traction. Definitely. Why don't you explain that a little bit? Sure. So uh, there's a wolf survey put out for a 10-year management plan for the wolves in Wisconsin uh, for hunting, trapping, etc. It's really important to fill it out because the anti-hunters are taking it you know is to the highest notch that they can filling it out you know to their regard and we need to do the same thing so honestly you guys 
you know, I posted it. A bunch of people have filled it out. I talked about it at the field trials like it, that I go to I, on the loudspeaker. <laughs> yeah. And guess what? I also emailed that survey to like my grandma, my brother, my dad, like people who aren't hunters, but they're on my side and they filled it out. So if you can get that email out, um, one of my coworkers even filled it out. So just, you know, it takes a little time, just send an email, talk to some people, get it as far out as you can. Definitely. I mean, it's not hard and it's a great way to get our voice being heard. It's, we need the numbers. It's like a vote. Everybody is adding just a grain of sand to that bucket and it gets heavier and heavier. And with something right. like wolf hunting, we need to be united and we need to be organized because that's a charismatic animal that draws a lot of powerful emotions from all sides. And uh, our voice is just as important and it needs to be heard. Right. So guys, get on that. You'll probably hear me talk about it again. And if I have to, I'm going to email you. <laughs> nice. <laughs> You've yeah. been a beast on social media. I love it. And uh, I really thank you for that. Yeah, you're welcome. Well, without further ado, let's get into it. I like it. Thanks, everybody. Green is rolling. So, um, you guys got a big day ahead of you. Yes, sir. Yeah. I got Carl Chotel and uh, Lucas Withrow here of the Wisconsin Bear Hunters Association on the day of the convention. Uh, the doors were open yesterday, and, and there were a lot of bear hunters coming through here and uh but today is the big day and just just uh give us an idea of today's kind of the culmination it didn't start last week when did this project start it starts a year in advance once it's over uh, a couple months go by we have our first board meeting after the convention and we start planning for the next year we've already started planning for next year contracts with the hotel and the right. convention center so it is definitely an ongoing process all the time well i think it's amazing that uh you know there are other states that are are having problems getting together and and because of the the covid situation things like that and it definitely affected you guys last year with having the convention but you guys made it happen this year yep yep yeah we were right on the cusp of um the numbers getting better and it, there was a lot of nervousness from our members or some of our board members and uh the convention center um the hosts the hotels you know their name brand hotels like holiday Inn. you didn't know what their policy so right. trying to culminate put that all together and convince people that this is heading in the right direction and the timing will work out and it did. So yeah, that's pretty lucky, yeah. I think. So yeah. yeah. I mean, there were a few things that that uh, you weren't able to do as far as buffet meals, but we can we can work around that. Oh yeah. Because yeah, what definitely. I see what I see happening here is, uh, and I'm gonna see more of it today. But but you know, just bear hunters coming out to support each other and support their lifestyle. So Carl, we were talking uh, earlier. What is what is the goal here? What, why do you go to all this trouble to have this convention? Well, it started uh, way before me, way before Kendall, that we have these meetings. And at first was just a board meeting that members weren't invited to. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, their association starts back in the mid-60s, and it just kept evolving before there was any threat to bear hunting. Mm -hmm. It was just to be able to get together, have a board, knew it was important, because it still is controversial even in the 70s. Um, and start talking about, you know, you need a membership, you need people who care about the issues, 
to save us board. So I would say that we were way ahead of the curve uh, from most most areas in the country of knowing what what's ahead of us. Right. And you know, we we I always say we had a 20 year start on everybody else. Us and the UP bear hunters. I mean, they've been in this just as long as we have in the lower Michigan bear hunters also. And it, I don't know why it started in the Great Lakes. There was no threat against us in the early days, right. but they soon came 10 years after, mm-hmm. and we were all prepared. And, we, and of course, we raised a lot of money to fight it. I, I do, This region of the country has got such a strong outdoor heritage, whether it be hunting, fishing, whatever. I mean, uh, I remember when I was a kid driving north to Wisconsin, you would hit you get through Chicago and take a sigh of relief. And as soon as you hit the Wisconsin border, uh, you know, you started seeing billboards about welcome hunters. And, you know, it was just geared towards the outdoor industry. And it was, it's apparent, same way with Michigan. So seems seems very appropriate that you guys were ahead of the curve. You've been ahead of the curve for a long time. And I know as from being in the wildlife profession, you know, uh, Wisconsin is a premier state that, people try to model wildlife management plans after and uh, you guys are just cutting edge up here and so it's no surprise that wbha is too lucas how long you been involved in the uh, wisconsin bear hunters i've been on the board of the wisconsin bear hunters for i think around 10 years now even though it doesn't seem that long but uh, i've been the vice president for about half of that at this point so when i first got into the association you know it was just to to, to have a voice and be a representative and uh, I started working with the membership team when I first got into the association and uh, grew into I guess a leadership position uh, with the Bear Hunters Association but I still go and you know work the membership booth every convention and mm-hmm. make sure that you know the face the part of the face of the organization is there to to greet members and answer their questions and you know um, try to get at uh, some of their concerns and make sure that we're doing the things we should be doing yeah yeah and you've got a great supporting cast here i've been watching your your directors and and your members and but mostly your directors we'll give a shout out to the people that are you know make this make this wheel spin here uh, as far or the hub of it anyway that keeps it keeps it rolling so uh looks like you've got a great supporting cast so so carl you know, you, you had some clear objectives that you wanted to accomplish with this podcast. And I do, too, because I just like talking to you. Um, and I like showcasing premier organizations like this. And if we're going to survive as a hunting culture, uh, a hunting community, then we've got to find ways that are effective to do that. And you've been you've been doing this a long time with the Wisconsin Bear Hunters Association. So give us the Wisconsin Bear Hunters' keys to success? Uh, leadership in the organization is paramount because if, and transparency. Uh, let Making sure uh, other hunting organizations, the Wisconsin Bow Hunters, I used to be a, uh, you belong to and you got a, a newsletter. Um, when in the last 20 years, I would say till today, we had key focus on membership, let them know what we're up about doing, especially legislatively. Engage with people to know what this big auction is going to be about. Is It isn't about just filling the coffers for the organization. This is legislative, 100%. All the monies that are spent here is for uh, making sure that we have access and voices in the, in the state capital to legislators. And that's the key. Mm-hmm. Without that, 
we could raise hundreds of thousands of dollars over the years, and we'd just be an organization, but we would have no power in the state capital. Mm -hmm. And learning how to fine-tune this machine, which is what we call the auction. I mean, this is the benchmark of the event. This is it. We have our vendors. Uh, we do some little side raffles and everything else, but it's the auction that drives the revenue mm -hmm. to keep bear hunting in the state of Wisconsin. And the, the thing about the SOS, which is Save Our Sport, being political, a lot of hunting organizations don't want to get involved with it because they hear we're political. We're not political. How can you not be political? <laughs> there, there is no way you cannot be political in when you're talking about saving our sport or saving our lifestyle or saving our, you know, it's all political. Everything is yeah. political. You know, the fact that, and I'll just get right down. It's political that you invited me to come to the bear, the what Wisconsin bear hunters association. And it's political that I choose you to be on the, the houndsman XP podcast. Mm -hmm. You know, it's, it's so let's break it down. When you say it's political, you know, give us the most basic definition of that. You're dealing with people who have control of your sport, and it's uh, the legislature and the Department of Natural Resources. Mm -hmm. And you have to have access to those two entities. Um, so to build access, you, you work with the legislature because the legislature has le leverage over the agencies because that's where they get their money there from. There you go. That's why you got to have those relationships. Right, right. Because they pay the bills. Right, and if things don't, you you work with the agencies, and for the most part, they, they there are people who will work with you and want to sit down and listen to you. But does it always go our way? And of course not. Well, then that then we feel that if we have a solid argument and, and it's based on game management and what's the best interest of bears in the state mm -hmm. of Wisconsin, and they said they're not listening to us, so then we'll just go to the legislature and say, you know what, let's pass some legislature to get certain things done that improves this condition of what we call bear hunting in the state of Wisconsin. I think a lot of times the reason people shy away from that word is because we've allowed ourselves. We, it's what it's what politics have turned into, and politics can be very beneficial. And the relationship with those legislators is crucial. I, I can't think of anything that a state hound organization could be doing that's more important, more important than developing those relationships before they have a problem. Mm -hmm. So, Lucas, you got anything to add there? You know, the, What's your perspective? The key part of those relationships and politics with legislators is is not so much, you know, we talk about access to them, and the access looks like them, it's meeting and greeting them, it's them knowing your name, it's you sitting down with them and letting them know that, you know, you have the best interest of hunting with hounds at heart and, and what that's about, what that looks like. Um, I've been involved with some workshops, hunting with hounds workshop, which I know you've talked about uh, mm -hmm. with some other people on your mm -hmm. podcast, um, and that is, that is right now solely with the agency really in Wisconsin resource professionals that's people going into the agencies to work kids going to college for natural resources law enforcement or management those relationships have to be in a way that they understand why you do something and why you like to do something mm -hmm. and it it is really mind-blowing actually I've been in a couple of those classroom settings in a two-day event where you have, we always ask them at the beginning, you know, what are your, 
What are your preconceived notions about hound hunting? And, and there's been a couple times when they have been solely opposed to it. You know, right. they, they, they only know what they see. You know what I mean? So that's why it's so important to, to do the work and have the footprint to get in front of these people. And it's not easy to do. It takes time. It, it takes money. You know, and it takes a lot of dedication to do that. But those, those are really the important things, you know. And like Carl said, the, the legislative aspect is huge. You know, you have to have that voice because if you don't have that voice, you lose. Right. And that's just the way the world is now, you know. And, and we talk a lot about controlling the narrative. And it's no secret, I think hunters, houndsmen especially across the United States, have lost control of that narrative and we've allowed other groups to define who we are and what we do. And when I hear and I see, you know, like Wisconsin bear hunters and the the uh, hound workshops, hunting with hounds workshops that go on here in Wisconsin, that is taking the narrative back. You know, just like you said, um, why did I'll just ask you why did those people have a negative view of hunting with hounds? It's the perception that someone else gave them. It's yeah. something that someone told them how it is. You know what I mean? And they mm-hmm. never they never allowed themselves to make their own judgment call. You know, have their own perception. It's all about what they heard in the office or what they heard at school or what you know what their parents told them in some cases you what know what they saw uh, in a disney movie absolutely i mean yeah. it, the yeah. it, it has no boundaries yeah it doesn't yeah. yeah it doesn't and it seems like everything in today's world is magnified that way you mm-hmm. know everybody tells everybody else what they're supposed to think so we really take a, a strong a strong hand in getting out there and putting in the work because we know that we know we know nobody else is going to do it Right, and and we're not willing to sit back and and watch it unfold. Um, we're going to go out there and put the work in and make sure that people know what we're about. Um, we've always been really good at that, and we'll continue to be good at it. Absolutely. Uh, you know, one thing that that most people, it's not because it, they just don't know. Uh, you know, every every state fish and wildlife agency has objectives that they have to meet for education purposes in order to. Uh, even get Pittman Robertson money mm-hmm. back into their state, so they have they have objectives that they have to meet, and so when an organization like yours can step in and say, "Hey, we can help you with that," well, it's it's even a little more in depth than helping. Mm-hmm. We'll we'll ask for a review of like we got involved with Pittman Robertson what Luke before what eight years ago, yeah, and we were shocked at what we saw. Coding numbers, requesting what does this mean? Why is this money going to uh, avian birds, uh, global warming? These are PR dollars. And we kept our foot on the gas and just said, we need to know. These are open records requests. We need to know where this money's being spent. And you got to answer our questions because, like I said yesterday, you guys work for us. And you right. got to do that gently because they'll put up a stone wall in front of you and, and just shut you out. But they're reasonable requests to find out. And then you ask the hard question. How come bear hunting gets, say, half a million dollars a year, and you're studying avian birds, it comes in at three-quarters of a million, and every hunter and fisherman in the state, with their excise tax that goes into that Pittman-Robinson pool, they're not given that tax to work on avian bear, birds. They're the big game species, the deer, uh, everything that, that everybody thinks about, that's what that money's used for. And then they go, they're watching us. That's a key moment when right. they know that you're looking and you're going to keep pushing and you're not going to go away. 
things change. Mm-hmm. And we did get change on how PR dollars were more transparent so you could see what they are and moving dollars around to what we thought was important. And not, and we, we kind of feel like we're the voice for states hunters because we're so in-depth involved with seeing data on the state side that we can make judgment calls on behalf of all hunters that is about opportunity. If it means more opportunity, you put it in the deer basket, you put it in the bear basket, the grouse basket. This is what everybody does in this state. They're not into the global warming. And you say, you know what, this isn't fair that these dollars are going here. Why are they there? They're not going to go away, but you can shift how that works, and you can have influence. That's how deep you sometimes have to go. Otherwise, you can go to meetings all day, and they'll tell you what you want to hear, just like our last uh, uh, wolf meeting uh, that me and Lucas had. And it, it wasn't going to happen until someone sued somebody. Right. You know, and they told us, yeah, sure, yeah, whatever. <laughs> we'll just slow walk it for oh. two months and it's expired. Exactly. Oh, you're, gonna, you're actually going to hold us accountable to the law. Wow. Yeah. You yeah. Know? How profound, right? Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. It, it, it takes dedicated people. And the hardest thing to do with um, all associations is, first, people don't realize how much work it is. They have no clue. Mm-hmm. And um, and then the skill level um, to talk to people in the legislature and the Department of Natural Resources to make sure you're on point and direct and, and sensitive to everybody's time. And they respect that because they'll give you an hour. I mean, they, they never let a meeting run long, no. never. And uh, so you, you got to make sure you have that drive to get in front of them, say your piece. And if things don't start moving, then we have a lobbyist. We say, Bob, nothing's happening. Set up another meeting. Mm-hmm. So then the second meeting in the agency level is they're not going away. So that's the message you yeah. sent. If it doesn't happen then, then you go, we want another meeting. And they don't want to have meetings with us. Nobody does. They want to run their own show. And then they say, well, what, what kind of bone can we throw? And I think that's the process from our lens. And they'll probably tell you it's something different. But it's not adversarial. It's about working together, exposing transparency, and, and making sure things are going in a direction that they're intended to. And we have a very strong argument with Pittman-Robertson that the intent of those dollars are for hook-and-bullet type activities. You got it. And they, they really don't have a strong argument why not to do it that way. Yeah. They'll try, but they, they don't. Oh, yeah. They're, they're good at fluffing and bluffing and, you know, trying, to, like you said, throwing you a bone. Hey, Hound Doggers, if there is one thing that you could identify Houndsman XP with, it has got to be the message of building unity and bridging the gap. That's why we are proud to sponsor with a company like Dogs Are Treed. Dogs Are Treed is a company that is based in Income, Idaho. It's run by Houndsman. The products were designed by Houndsman. We're talking decades of experience in the field with some legendary hounds doing some legendary work out there and kevin hall has put his decades of experience into building products that benefit you the houndsman so when you're shopping for your gear check out dogs are treat at dogsartreat.com and if you go to their website at checkout and enter the code hxp 20 percent off you will get 20% off of your entire order on all of their branded products. Leashes, tie-outs, medical kits, paws are protected. Build your pack from the ground up and support a fellow houndsman that supports your lifestyle. 
Enter the code HXP20% off at checkout. Go to their website today at dogsartree.com. One thing that you said there, Carl, uh, Wisconsin bear hunters, you guys don't operate in a way that it's just about bear hunters. That's all we care about. All we care about is bear hunters. What I heard you say was you were working on a broad spectrum for all hunting. Would that be accurate? Yeah, we're the tip of the spear. Yeah. Nice. It'd be a lot easier if we just worried about bear hunting. Oh, yeah. But Mm -hmm. we take up issues from the top to the bottom. Um, Animal care, uh, you know, we we advise on gun right bills, you know. Um, I said animal care bills. Hunting in general, uh, fishing stuff every once in a while, you know. How did you get that much influence in your state? Most hound organizations or most houndsmen, I think if you polled them, would say that they are bottom-rung influencers. Well, the dynamic is they need sponsors on their bill, and we have clout. So if and sometimes they're Democrats. Um, I wish it was more bipartisan than it currently is, but we just had that uh, the dog bill. And <laughs> there's nothing really good about the dog bill, about housing and everything else. That's oh, like it, why we support it. it. Animal, animal yeah, welfare yeah. bill. Yeah. And, and you know what's funny is it, it's, they're, they're regular folks. Their wife's interest is, hey, we should take care of dogs. You know, why don't you sign up the bill? So you have state representatives, uh, so-and-so comes up with a bill. And we're like, well, we, we, you know, if you have, we have your name on it, other people will join. Mm-hmm. You know, they know that we have that kind of clout. And we work with... Um, um, with our lobbyists, has a group of interests. Very few of them are hunting. It's ethanol. It's heavy equipment operators. Yeah. And a lot of our members are uh, construction workers. Mm-hmm. They belong to that union. So we have common ground. And if there's something that we can get on board that is common sense, we support it. So then the bill starts having more names on it. Mm-hmm. And that's the key to legislation is who's all on that bill. That's the first thing I ask when who's asking, who's on the bill. You look and like, Nah, we don't want to be with the Humane Society. I don't care what we do. Exactly. Even if it made sense, you right. know, we'll run up a different bill. Maybe we'll support it, but we're not going to do that. Right. Um, but then you look, oh, they're on the bill. Oh, they're on the bill. The trappers are on the bill. And they go, yeah, we can get behind it. It makes sense. And then at the first draft of the bill, you are able to say, we would be for this, but we're not for this. If you can remove this out of the bill, we'll sign on. And we mm-hmm. just did that. And we do it all the time. And they're usually things that the legislator doesn't have a clue of how it negatively impacts us. Right. right. And that's how the bills get really good and solid. Mm-hmm. And you get pretty much what you want. So uh, it's a process. And the other big key to having that, that voice, that lobbyist in your, in your state, you know, for legislature is identifying those little ones that come up. And, and you know, bills always start as a conversation between legislators. Hey, I, w- I want to do this. What do you think about it? You know what I mean? And then mm-hmm. it, it's picking up on those and saying, well, yeah, I think that's a good idea, but what if we did it this way? You know, and a lot of times it's, well, what do you think about this? And, and Bob will consult with us, and we say, absolutely not. And it'll it'll die there. You know, it dies before it ever sees a pen or, you know, or a computer. And, and that's important because if every single thought that went through a legislator's head or the legislative process made it to a document for signage that's all we would do right that's it that's all we would do it would be nonstop all the time you know and um we're we're definitely lucky to be in a position to have them this the and i'd like to i guess put a shout out to all the the past 
leaders of this organization because I've never had that opportunity to do that and say thank you because we definitely would not be where we are today without all of those folks putting the time and money and resources into this organization that we have now. Um, and I mm-hmm. hope that we can continue to live up to, you know, the, you know, the, the, the high moral ground of what we think we believe in and what we think we stand mm-hmm. for, you know, um, we, we truly believe that we're doing what our members want us to do. And, and we always have integrity in what we think we're doing, you integrity know, always you have to. leadership, you know, transparency, the things that you guys talked about. So you talked about lobbyists, and I think we need to spend just a second on lobbyists. Uh, I think there are a lot of times there's a, a misunderstanding of and and a misunderstanding of what the purpose of a lobbyist is and uh, why it's important to have somebody on board that will do that for you. Uh, it's just another one of those things that's been politicized, you know. Sure. Lobbyist in Washington. You know, special interest, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. So a lobbyist, the way we explain to our membership is they are the key, the doorway to access. And we don't know who to talk to. When you start these things, like we could go talk to some senator that could give two hoots about what we do and they wouldn't help you. Mm -hmm. His job is to know the lay of the map, the roadmap in the current legislation and the departments so they know who are the key people any hunting association might know that but lobbyists is paid to know that right and stay current so as things change in every election and as agencies change and people move through the agencies he's the guy that's always asking the questions of who is the guy that if we need to talk about this issue who is that person today mm-hmm. not the guy it was last year same with the legislature. And then who, who are really friendly and have an open-door policy to us when we do our Capitol Day. You know, we go there and meet legislators that don't know what this sport is about at all. Mm-hmm. And, um, and then we, have a, uh, we interview candidates before they, in pri- after their primaries, before general elections, that are people that are looking for our support and we would support them. We have a sit-down and we grill them. Lucas <laughs> grills them pretty good yeah. about, you know, are you really just telling us what we want to hear? Or are you really believing the things you say? Yeah. And that, that whole process is really important. And that lobbyist sets all those up. We, we, we wouldn't be able to go to a legislator and just knock on his door. Most of them will go, well, you can talk to my staff, leave your notes. We, with a lobbyist gives you the guy that you need to talk to, not his staff. That's mm-hmm. one big difference. He gets you to the DNR secretary's office, which would be very hard for us to talk to the top guy. And then his, his, his agents below him, the top people. Um, access to the governor. This current governor, we, we asked for access. It's not been good. But maybe someday we will because we've met with Scott Walker, which is pretty famous around mm-hmm. the country, what he did for the state of Wisconsin. And before that was Jim Doyle. He was a, uh, a Democrat. We re- met with Jim Doyle. and had, went to two fundraisers. He's a Democrat. He uh, signed our captive wildlife bill, which... Is, I don't know if that would happen today, but back then, by just having that, like Lucas says, if they see you and you talk to them mm-hmm. and they see you're not some troll that lives under the bridge and you're like, wow, these guys aren't that bad, uh, that right. gives you access and then credibility in front of them. And they go, maybe we should listen to them. You know, you know so much of it is conducting yourself, not just as an organization, but as a, a leadership of an organization in a way that they know who you are because of of what you 
said and how you how you brought it to the table mm-hmm. and not in a crazy and I'm just going to use a bad analogy but a crazy anti-hunter way you know what I mean mm-hmm. they they always start out with a emotionally charged yeah you know factually unbased yeah. I mean no nothing based in fact they start out with a good argument and they just kind of they tip off the deep end you know of the emotion and and you have to be emotional but you have to convey that in a way that's direct but not irrational you know what I mean if that oh, yeah. makes any sense at all but that makes a big difference because then when they see you again they say you know yeah I understand that the Wisconsin bear hunters are passionate about what they do, but I respect them because of the way that they bring it to the table, mm-hmm. you know, and then that's a big deal. I mean, that, that differentiates you from the everyday organization to the organization that, that continues to work. We're going to work towards what we need. That mm-hmm. that's, it's just that simple. You know, we currently have, we currently have three bills right now um, on the governor's desk that he, we are told as of yesterday is signing. Um, those are three bills that we've been working on for two years. Um, they were all ready to go before COVID, and COVID came, and it all got flushed, and mm-hmm. we actually redid them all. Uh, one is to um, advance our, our baiting strategies in Wisconsin to allow bottoms of stumps to be affixed to make sure that non-target species have less access to bear baits. Mm-hmm. Um, another one is to fix a a law that was changed by the um, department around buckshot. Um, we didn't feel like they were doing a good enough job in taking their time to get to an answer. So we went to legislator and legislative and, and we got an answer and it's going to be fixed. It's going to be back in the regs and back legal uh, before we have to wait for somebody else to do it. Um, and the third one was um, we have a couple of, couple of Wisconsin bear hunters governor's tags every year, two of them, which were limited by how how they were given out because of how they were issued. And we've removed that hurdle as well to make sure that we can maximize that funding effort for our WBHA foundation, mm-hmm. who, which, which is based around all educational kids, you know, things like that. We donate lots of lots of time and money to kid you know events around the state of wisconsin Mm -hmm. and abroad uh the wisconsin uh, youth trap shooting leagues we sponsor both of those leagues every year with a check and and visit their um, state tournament so right and we and we do the state tournament that way it gets spread out more we don't just pick and choose groups we try to be very broad with it you know so um and that's also been key to our success because we're giving back where we think we should be giving back and mm-hmm. we know that that changes the perception of our organization to make sure they understand we're we're normal people just like everybody else we go to work every day and we yeah. like to bear hunt yeah but we know how important it is to continue to fight that fight and that's that's what we do that's an interesting thing and i'm not i'm i hate to i'm not trying to be critical i'm just trying to be realistic about houndsmen um just seems like all too often we are reactive to things and a lot of panic sets in in places where they are not prepared you know they haven't done the 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 upfront work or the behind the scenes work or the groundwork they haven't laid the groundwork to be able to uh, react to attacks or things that threaten threaten their lifestyle and uh the reason I, I love having you guys on the podcast is because you guys like are the beacon. You guys show that it can be done, uh, it can be effective, and um, you would would you 
describe the Wisconsin Bear Hunters, obviously, as a proactive organization, correct? Absolutely. Yeah. 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 Mm. You have to be. Because like you just described, uh, if not, you're you're behind the ball. Oh, you know? so by the time and, we find out, we're already 10 steps behind. And unfortunately, even being proactive, you're sometimes behind the yeah, ball. Yeah, yeah. You know, but you, you also, by being proactive, when you do get caught behind the ball, you have that history and that experience to figure out how to get back in front of it. And, yeah. th- and that's what's so important, you know, because y- you don't win when you're when you're caught blindsided and you don't know how to fix it. You can't. You know, so, mm-hmm. and you got to control a narrative. Um, you know, we deal with the media, and then we don't. Uh, the media, right now, <laughs> like the that. way we do it, <laughs> the way we do it is, I'll send you. You send me, like Luke says, I'll send me your questions, and we'll, you'll get a written response, and you can write about it. Yeah. Because 100 percent of the time, you can do a phone interview, and they will twist it. It's been, it's, it's, up, it's been 20 years that <laughs> but, way. But, but the time this interview's over, Pete is going to be playing it on a loop on their website. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but they, they're, they're very difficult. And we, we tell our associations, I, you know, people want to hear themselves on the radio. It's not worth the headaches you're going to have to cover. Um, why did you say that? And you're like, I didn't say that. They, mis, they misinterpreted what I, my point is. Again, part. So the thing is, it's really kind of funny because it exposes their intentions because what happens when you ask for that, they disappear most of the time. Yeah. yeah. Because they wanted to twist what you were saying. So being in control of your narrative as an association, that's one simple thing. You think they'll be friendly. And they're the nicest people to you on the radio or on, on the phone. Oh, yeah, I'm from Los Angeles and, or I'm from Minneapolis, blah, blah, blah. And you know what? I'm your best friend. And we're just going to have a cup, like a cup of coffee and have a conversation, you know. And it's like, nope, that's not what you're up to. Because, you know, you look at who their audience is, who's trying to talk to you, mm-hmm. and they're not our audience. So right. they're trying to okay, um, so, so disenfranchise you. So how do you – I mean, our audience – is the smallest segment of the population in the United States. I mean, as far as the hunting community goes, houndsmen, maybe maybe trappers are probably behind us now. Uh, but as far as slicing up that pie, that five to seven percent of the population that are hunters, and you start slicing that down to houndsmen, it gets real small. Mm-hmm. So, knowing that, how do you take an effective message out to that eighty-five percent? of the population that we really need to be influencing. You know, and, and when, when I'm talking about that, I'm not, we talked about this yesterday. You know, my opinion is we spend too much energy beating the, beating the wind with our fists, um, getting alarmed by, or trying to change the opinion of anti hunters when 85% of the population who are not going to vote against us is who we need to be influencing. So when you say that reaching the audience, how do you guys do that? we don't we don't yeah we don't don't. Uh, we've taken some small steps to start to do that like i discussed we discussed earlier the hunting with hounds workshop the the long the long game of that workshop is to someday potentially bring that to the public so that people who want to make that choice for themselves or learn a little bit more about hunting with hounds. And that workshop is not, it's not bear based. It's not, it's, it's broad. I mean, it's, it's hunting with hounds from Mm -hmm. squirrels to bears 
to right. wolves to coyotes to bobcats you know it's the whole spectrum of it because it is it is something much bigger than you didn't than, mention raccoons yeah raccoons as well <laughs> yeah it's everything really you know um but the the long game there is you know like carl talked about it's the the media and we we do catch a little flack once in a while um well why didn't you you know why didn't why doesn't the bear hunters have a position in the paper why why didn't you comment on a, a newspaper article um, and it's do you get that from your membership or do you get that from a, a little bit, you mm-hmm. know, um, via social media, mostly, you know, mm-hmm. they, they would love to see us, you know, um, fight, stand up and fight. But we, we know, um, through history and we know that just like Carl said, it's, it's never in our favor. A hundred percent of the time I have yet to see a, a newspaper writer write an article that they've reached out to us about that that shook us in a fair light. They, they just don't. I mean, and that's why it's so important. Like Carl said, you ask them for written, you ask them for written questions and you provide written questions because then when they produce a product of your twisted words, you're able to hammer that on them and say, this is what I said and why I said it, not what you said I said. Right. You know right. what I mean? And yeah. that's so important, but it's such a waste of time mm-hmm. because unfortunately that even that, method of telling people something doesn't necessarily work because that article's always written it's always even headlined in a predetermined way sure i mean you read the headline you know what the article's about right yeah. most of the time you know yeah. i mean you just do and it's just lunatic found hunting bears with hounds yeah this is an article about supporting bear hunting right sure it is yeah. and yeah. we just think that you know as of today, we understand that that may be a deficit in our in our plan, but we know that there's something more important. You know what I mean? And if we continue to lead by example, we hope that, you know, and we've done a, I, honestly, I think in the last eight five to eight years, our membership has become a, a much better membership, much better as an organization in, you know, making sure that they're, they're they're doing things the way they're supposed to be doing. They're saying the right things. They're not reacting in that negative way because they finally figured out that all those overreactions mm-hmm. have a, a counter effect. You know right. what I mean? You magnify the situation. Um, it, you know, there's a group here in Wisconsin that's really tried to you know um, shed a lot of light on Wisconsin bear hunters, Wisconsin wolf hunters, and 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 they've just they throw. They throw everything at the wall and they see what sticks. Right. And every time someone responds, whether it's in a, a newspaper article, whether it's on Facebook, whether it's in person, face to face, on a video, and, and everybody knows what I'm talking about here. Everything not, can be taken out of ta- context, twisted Correct. to fit their narrative. And if you just don't do those things, you're way better off. Dakota 283 offers you unparalleled protection for your hounds. We're talking about military grade kennel crates. Uh, I got got one of these two-door kennel crates here at the house. It is super heavy-duty. It's got slap latches on it that are stainless steel. Easily fits in the back of an SUV, or if you're traveling with a camper shell, it's a great way to keep your dog protected while you are traveling. You just got to check out their Dash Series. This is a watering system, and I've used a lot of these portable waterers over the years. But this system is all integrated into one unit and the way it's designed out of high impact plastic the water stays in the tank when you're not using it because you can put a plug in it check them out 
Uh, the 3.5 is also compact enough that I can store it behind the seat of my pickup truck while I'm out hunting when it's super cold. I've had exterior tanks before, and as soon as I go to cold climates, then I've got to figure out how I'm going to get water to my hounds, and the dash takes care of that. So check out Dakota283 at dakota283.com, and at checkout, enter the code HXP10 and get 10% off of your order. You know, Sun Tzu said the ultimate, the supreme art of warfare is to subdue your enemy without fighting. Absolutely. And that's that's what I hear you guys saying. Yeah. You know, and houndsmen are really good about, heck yeah, let's get our trucks and we'll go shut down traffic at the state capitol yeah. and we'll all wear our WBHA hats and, and you know, we're, we're time to fight, you know. Mm-hmm. Sometimes, there's it's, a, sometimes there's a better – we're not saying don't fight. We're just saying – There's a time and place for those things. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. There absolutely is. It's no different than when you go to – when we go to Madison for a bill hearing. Sometimes the best practice is the the best one or two people that you can put there to talk intelligently and responsibly, mm-hmm. right? But mm-hmm. there are times when you need a hundred people to show up at the Capitol and say, you know, we're going to bang our fist a little bit here on the table because we really think this is important to us yep. and we want you to listen. So you it's have, a different strategy. In your in your process here, getting back to the administrative code side, do you have to have public hearings for uh, rules and stuff, proposed rules where? They take public comment and different things like that. Yes, yes. they do. Yeah. Yep. So, I mean, that's a perfect time to fill the hall with yep. people. We lost a bobcat bill in Indiana. The opportunity to, to hunt bobcat two years ago because our hunters were asleep at the switch. Yeah. The, the other side came out and opposed it. And we thought it was a slam dunk, and we just kind of rested on our laurels. Mm-hmm. And that's so. probably the hardest mechanism is getting people to get involved, mm-hmm. even members, you know. And unfortunately, you know, Carl's been at this a long time, and I've been at it for a while, and you, you start to realize that you can't possibly cover every door. I mean, I'm talking you need to be right into your township you know, meetings because that your neighbor next door, you don't know that he's going to the township board and saying he doesn't like your dogs barking and he right. wants a dog barking ordinance, which isn't isn't hunting related, but it it is hunting related. Yep. You know what I mean? He doesn't like you. I've personally experienced that. He doesn't like you because he doesn't like what you do because he doesn't understand it. And he thinks that that his way is better than yours, you know, and that's at a very small level, but then that gets magnified. So it's the, it, you have to be involved in these things. So you catch them when they're going on and not when they're done, you know, but getting membership to show up, we've had, we've had some good success here in Wisconsin. We have what's the Wisconsin Conservation Congress, which is the, the residents um, outlet to go and, and put things on the table for the state to look at. And, and we've had very good success with our members showing up at those meetings and voicing their opinion and help keep things, you know, the way that we would like to see them mm-hmm. go. So, yeah, when Luke took the bull by the horns with membership, um, I started looking at the association as the president is what, you know, we, you got to acknowledge is where you're weak and or stagnant. Stagnant mm-hmm. is status quo. Right. And you got to identify those areas. So well, that was one of the areas. We, we always had a membership that was kind of just floating. Mm-hmm. And with Luke's leadership, we, we put a lot of focus, a lot of resources on it. It wasn't a one-person responsibility. It is a seven-person responsibility. Right. And your membership is key. And what we do at our association, 
we have questionnaires that go out to the full membership. What should we be working on? Um, and we know what we can get done legislatively or through the agency, um, and we put them out there, and then they grade them. And I would say we get pretty much 80% of them done. So our membership looks at, hey, I filled out that thing. Two years later, it's done. So Stump Bills is going to be a prime example, yeah. and that's what they wanted. Wow. You know, uh, training during hunt season. Uh, when you can give ownership back to the – Yes. When you give that ownership back to the membership – you know, you make them feel a part of it, then you are so effective. You know, that's one of the basic – I mean, it's it's a key to leadership. You know, when the people walk about and they see that the work is all done, they say, I did it myself. You know, mm-hmm. key, when they can look at that. And, and it's important for leaders to allow membership to have that ownership too. Right. Yeah. Because I've, I've been involved in several organizations where – uh, the board of directors thinks it's all on them. It's all my. It's a, and even get even get uh, clingy and and possessive of their position and fail to stop and and find ways to get membership involvement because they don't want to lose that control. That's not leadership. That's dictatorship. Yeah, and we have that problem in our state too. At other uh, organizations, it's it's like. You don't want to have a big tent because then you you got to allow more p- input from other people. Mm-hmm. And I'm always like, what's wrong with that? You know, um, you need to hear from everybody what you want to hear and what you don't want to hear. Right. And then through that, you navigate and make decisions. So yeah, um, that's what we're really good at. And membership, we put focus on it. We grew our membership. Uh, they're more involved. There's ownership in membership, and it's become the core focus of the organization. This stuff here. We can do it in our sleep. We've been doing it so long. Right. So it's work at two days of the year, and everybody knows their role. And it's just a matter of not a lot of babysitting here at all. We have great board members that know exactly what to do. Yeah. And, 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 and then the network of the Hound community in Wisconsin, as far as all those items and the pups that come through here, uh, the vendors, they all know this is, this is where it's at, and they want to help because we're effective. And that's why we're effective is because of the way we structure this organization. So like Lucas said, the past presidents going back 30, 35 years, 40 years. I mean, it's a slow crawl to the top, but we're at the top. We're at the pinnacle of what an association should be in the United States. So you said something earlier. You said this is not one of the things that you do. This is the thing that you do for fundraising, right? Mm-hmm. So, but we expanded that. Uh, then we went to uh, town halls because yeah. not everybody can come to this. And I was kind of, I needed some convincing that the town halls, are we going to get people want to work some more, you know? Mm-hmm. But we combined them with our board meeting. We're already there. And there are a lot of people who just can't make this event at this date. So we started town halls. And of course, because of COVID, we, we canceled all of them, right? Yeah. yeah. And it turned out those were really great because they're, um, a lot smaller. Yeah, it's a different setting. Different so it, setting. It allows what it really allows, and the the big reason that I supported it so much, and we actually have a, a bunch of our board members from the Northwest District have been doing this for a really long time. Yes. Having their own like fundraising Wisconsin Bear Hunters mechanism, and then giving back to the organization. So we mirrored it after what they did, and we now host one in the four quadrants of the state once nice. a year. But it's a it's a way for us to get in front of our members at a very personal level. I mean, these mm-hmm. are meetings with, you know, a hundred, hundred or less, you know, um, members, but 
it allows them to ask questions that they want to ask and get information that they want to get. And it yeah. allows us to give better, more direct information back to them. You know, we, we do invite legislators to those meetings typically as well. Mm -hmm. um, and that helps them put their face in front of people, you know what I mean, for all different kinds of reasons. Obviously, right. our focus is mainly around, you know, hunting and um, opportunity, but um, it's been a very, very critical step in uh, yeah. getting our members to go, wow, these guys, you know, they, they are listening to us. We, we do care. This would not be an organization without them. I mean, no matter what, this, like this particular event, um, like Carl said, started as, it's even written in our bylaws that this is the members event where you can change your bylaws, where you nominate to elect new officials to right. the board. You know, that's what this event is. That will all mm -hmm. take place today, but it's busy. Yeah. You know, there's, yeah. you know, potentially thousands of people here in, in two days and it's very chaotic. Right. So it's hard to, to get, in front of them and talk to them, you know, um, it, cause it's busy. So we felt it was important to do that. And it's, it's been great. You know, it's been very successful and we have used some fundraising tactics obviously in those, um, as well. And it has helped fill in the gaps for us. So I know you guys are going to be, you guys got a whole busy day ahead of you and this is going to be the easiest thing that you do all day. I've just got a, a couple more questions and then we'll wrap it up. But what, what do you expect? What is your goal for fundraising today? on on this event well let's just you mean in, in a dollar amount or yeah, yeah the dollar amount give people some hope that this um let's say anywhere between 20 and fifty thousand dollars 20 to fifty thousand dollars that's that's uh we never hit the high number and we haven't hit the low number in years so <laughs> yeah yeah, I don't want to be too specific. So. Right. Yeah. I yeah, I get it. I get it. We we'll give a bracket, but I mean, for most organizations to think that they could raise that kind of money, even at the low low end, uh, seems that it can be unattainable or out of reach for them. And uh, if somebody wanted to really get down to brass tacks, really move, either form an organization in their state or move their organization forward. Could they come to either one of you to talk to you about absolutely. how they can Absolutely. Affected? Yeah, absolutely. We do it all the time. That, that's probably one of our, our biggest undefined responsibilities that we have as leaders is to make sure that if anyone brings something, you know, to the table and has questions about that is we can certainly – you know, tell them what we've done and how we've done it and, and help them down that road. But it takes work. I mean, they have to have a serious initiative to do that. You know, it, I just had a phone call this last week from a guy who wants to start a coyote hunters organization because of the coyote hunting contest bans and, and legislation going around the country. Mm -hmm. And, uh, um, you know, it, 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 it's very, very serious commitment, you know, but it's it's totally doable. You just have to surround yourself with the right people. And, and we've been fortunate to do that. You know, we've had uh, we've had board members here all morning since seven o'clock working to get set up for the day, you know. So. Right. right. And embrace your young board members because they have technology advantage. Uh, advantages over me I'm, the, <laughs> I'm becoming the old guy and you know uh, it's like I try but you got to listen to the young people on your board and you have to get young people on your boards boards tend to be the old farts club you know and small boards in different parts that's of a good state. point and that is the worst thing and you know it goes back to what you say that's that control thing 
mm-hmm. and you just you got to get the young people involved and yeah. you got to get women and ladies involved it just it's paramount to your success and, i agree and everybody assumes they don't have your passion to be frank they're full of crap they have your passion it's just different from yours yeah and, and you got to recognize it and you get them engaged and they will work for you and they'll be smart about things and um they'll you, make mistakes but do you have an instagram account carl no do you have you ever sent a snapchat no uh, have you ever seen tiktok no <laughs> there you go and i'm te- the only re- i don't bring that up to embarrass you i bring it up because those are the things younger people are looking at those types of platforms and us old guys are like what is that why would we do that? That's Luke's job. He takes care of Facebook. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know? And make sure he polices it. I mean, yeah. so it's not a, a complaining site. Yeah. It's, it's about positive. Right. Yeah. But that's where communication starts. And that's, I mean, there's so many things out there that, that as we grow older, we think, why the hell would anybody get on TikTok? And then your son starts showing you all kinds of stuff when you're thinking, hmm, well, maybe, you know? I'm not going to do it, but I need to find somebody that can have a voice right. in there. And that's the key. Yeah. That's the key is finding those right people right that people. you yep. can massage to understand the consequences and the benefits mm-hmm. of those things. We we went through a, a huge, oh, my God, I don't even know how many board meetings we talked about <laughs> Facebook. Uh, you know, our uh, own it wears me out. It was terrible, but we did it. We finally convinced everybody that it was a good thing. We rolled it out, and it's been a very, very effective membership tool for us. We, mm-hmm. we use it as a tool. It's not an interactive page in the sense that we allow postings for things for sale. It's <laughs> strictly informational, yep, and yep. It's, but it's, it's so, so positive. Again, it goes you know? back to that concept that as much as we don't like it, there's going to be somebody in those platforms talking. Yeah. So they can either be talking for us or they can be talking against us but if we don't talk for ourselves somebody else is going to control the narrative and define who we are and what we do mm-hmm. yep. so we have to be we have to find those people that can absolutely can, are familiar and can be effective yep. there and the game's always changing when it comes it to is. technology All it's just like i <laughs> it, it is it changes fast yeah you know, so yep. we're definitely behind the ball in the technology aspect but we're we're we've acknowledge that we know we can do better and and we'll go from there so yeah well i know you guys are busy i've said that but uh before i let you let you go here and wrap this up i'm gonna let you off the hook i asked you a pretty pointed question about how you're reading the uh reaching the that biggest portion of the population and uh i thought it was going to be a softball carl i thought it was going to be one of those softball questions because you you have already told me that you guys recognize landowners Mm-hmm. One of the key things that, that your members can do is recognize landowners and give them awards mm-hmm. and yep. uh, anything else like that. I know you're working with ag, ag you know, if you're if yeah, you, Farm Bureau. Yeah. WBHA, if you guys are swinging a big stick, you're working with those other people that have influence on that population. And the key so. there is is working with them. Not above them, not below them, not against them, with them. Mm-hmm. We We all have different perceptions of what we think is right, wrong, and otherwise, but 
you know, like Carl explained to you earlier, it's taking the overall view of a, a new bill or a direction and removing critical parts that you you can't live with, you know, yep. or you don't want in there, and you work together. Mm-hmm. And I and I, and I don't think I need to tell you that's probably the biggest downfall of our society today. I mean, watch the news; it's right. it's ridiculous. It's right. tribal, you know. It's, yes, and we talk about that a lot. Yep. And it, we're tribal within our own community of houndsmen. Yeah. Yeah. Right. We've got it. We've got when it comes to issues like this. I mean, today, WBHA, there's no place for tribalism. The only tribe. The only tribe is WBHA today. It yeah. doesn't matter what camp you're in or what hunting group you're in or what color the dog is you're turning loose or what truck you want to drive. You know, well, w- Chris, WBHA. let's not get excited there. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, I went overboard. Yeah. Yep. Well, I would say our, our biggest weakness, I think, moving forward, what we got to work on is uh, working with other groups. We yeah. got to improve on that. Um, we, we're the big stick, but um, we need to find more common ground with the bow hunters, and hopefully they'll take our model and go, it works, you know. Yeah. Right. Um, we got to expand the army of hunters, and it can't just be hound hunters in the state. I there's, agree. There's so many other groups that, you know, you just hope every year, you know, there, there's so many more out there, and you just don't hear a lot from them or see them a lot. But we hope they're they're watching and or they're listening and they're paying attention that they can be a voice too, you know, and we can all work together to, to make sure we have common ground, you know. I've worked on a bunch of committees with the department um, on public land access and, and how how you know how we how we calendarize public land use and where things are appropriate all the way from skiing to biking to hiking to dog hunting to bird dog training facilities and all of that stuff and it's a very interesting dynamic when you put all those people in the room who are very passionate about something and you you start to look at a, a specific landscape and how it can be used to maximize its effectiveness for everybody, and that's a really important thing, you know, um, to work together with those people and say, well, you know, uh, obviously there's ways to divide that season dates, calendar dates, you know, snow. There's what you know, I mean, there's all different kinds of dynamics, but it's so important. That's your chance to really make people understand what you like to do and why you like to do it, but it's also your chance to work with them and not mm-hmm. against them. You know what I mean? And say, yep. well, you don't need to be there when I'm there instead of saying, well, I don't care if you're there as long as you don't care if I'm there, you know, and it's so, it's so critical. And, and unfortunately that doesn't happen a lot. Right. It doesn't seem like it happens a lot in today's world, you know, so we will always continue to, to work harder at that. And, and we always acknowledge that we can work. We're always willing to work with anybody. Yeah. You know, whether we have common ground or we don't have common ground, we can still agree to disagree. That's part of a life choice. Mm-hmm. It doesn't have to be animosity. You can just agree to not agree and, and move forward. That's right. how it's supposed to work, you know. So um, I wanted to touch on one aspect about a bill. We just got a bill about um, in, increasing enforcement uh, from three to five people to check on puppy mills. Uh, because puppy mills are bad. Real puppy mills are bad. We mm-hmm. all agree to that, right? Um, and, of course, our red flags go up because it's do- about dogs. Right. And my first questions always are, who are they hiring? What are the requirements? What's the criteria of the people who are the, these, these hires? We can say that sounds good, and they'll hire someone from PETA or has affiliations and supports those actively writes uh, membership checks to them. Mm-hmm. That isn't what, what we want. If we have people who are reasonable and have a good background and get involved with that decision part of it is 
who are these people that are in these agencies is really key. And if you can get your toe in the door and, and you got some, because most people don't ask questions like that on legislation. It's either, yeah, I'm for it, I'm not, or, you know, line two, you should remove it. But we're going to like, okay, you're, you're, you're creating more enforcement. Who are these people? Right. We want to know. You want our support. We want to know who are the people that are going to be out in the field harassing people or doing the right thing about how they're taking care of dogs and they're being, don't use their inbuilt biases of what they think it should be like and not doing their job. And that's rampant in our agencies and in our culture that this infiltration <coughs> of the people sitting across the table from you aren't necessarily who you think they are. And right. you got to really ask the right questions to make sure that if you're going to support something, it isn't just about the bill. It's also about the people who are going to be active behind that bill or the enforcement mm -hmm. part or delegators or the people who are implementing. Those people are really key because they'll be building those biases on those bills just by who they're having running that type of department. So right. it's real important. Yeah. Any final thoughts on anything, Lucas? No. Really appreciate you uh, making the trip here. Um, I know we were pretty adamant about you being here, and it's all right, man. I'm, I'm we, glad we here. like to work with you know the 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 core of the people that are good at what they do. And Chris, I think you have a I've I've watched you as you've grown through you know um, Houndsman XP, and it is definitely becoming a voice for us. Yeah, good. And us as I say that as a houndsman, you know what I mean. And and this is the technology that's important to. For people to understand what we do, why we do it, you know what I mean, and that we're willing to work hard at it. But uh, so I appreciate you making the trip and, and being here, and I hope you have a good time. So. Right. Oh, yeah. it's been. It's and been Luke, great he's actually far. hunts too, because I yeah. hunted with him yeah. in West Virginia. So <laughs> <laughs> I try. <laughs> he tries. So. It's hard when you're uh, when you're out there trying to to do the best you can for the sport that you love. It's hard to divulge that time back into. I say it all the time uh, out of my dog kennel in front of my ten dogs, and I'm like. Spend a lot of time uh, working for you, but not with you sometimes, you know. Yeah. But you got to have that dissection of doing what you love to do as well. So and I really do. I mean, working with groups like the Wisconsin Bear Hunters Association is what keeps my, my wheels turning. Uh, you know, I've always felt very loyal. Maybe, you know, my whole adult life has been about public service. You know, between law enforcement, my military, and now with Houndsman XP, you know, um, it is something that is so important. And if somebody doesn't tell the story, who's going to tell it? Southern Hound Hunting Magazine is the most comprehensive magazine that represents your lifestyle as a houndsman. If you can Hunt it with a hound, it is being covered in the pages of Southern Hound Hunting Magazine. You also get an in-depth look at the men and women who are engaged in this lifestyle, living it every day to the fullest. From the Rocky Mountains to the Southern Swamps and across the ocean with articles about our international houndsmen and what they're chasing across the pond. Go to southernhoundhunting.com. Get your subscription for $15 a year. Southern Hound Honey Magazine, promoting the fair chase experience.
Yeah, right. So right. absolutely. Yeah. So it really is what I feel, and and we get some blowback. You know, we get some blowback. Let's talk about old blue going up the. Well, we want to make sure we can turn old blue up up the holler. Yeah. You know, and and listen yeah. to that race. Yeah. That, and that's what I meant by balance. It's yeah. so hard. You know, you you have to. You can't lose sight of what you love to do. You just have to find that balance and how you continue to fight for it and how you continue to do it right. as well. But but you're absolutely right. That's that's the part that people have to understand is that there's so many people out there that say there's all different levels of commitment and that comes that is right down to a a thirty five dollar membership to the WBHA which helps its other members and leadership do what they need to do to right. make to protect it right that's still support that's still commitment you know and it's so important you know you get that thing in your mailbox and you go ah. You know, I, I forgot about it or whatever, and it, it's frustrating to see that because we know how it's very important for for Carl or I or Bob to go to the table with uh, people who matter, for lack of a better term, you know, the people who are responsible for making decisions for us in the field and say, I, I'm i here speaking on behalf of 3,000 members. Mm-hmm. That's powerful. Yeah. But when you don't have that commitment for that $35 a month membership it's not recorded as a person who supports you you fail there right you know and it's so important it's so much more that 35 bucks doesn't do nothing you know what i mean it it, it cuts the nuts and bolts of a couple publications a year a subscription to a magazine and and puts but that number that clout that that number has is really really important intrinsic value yeah it's not necessarily monetary value but is valuable intrinsic. i always say to the guys because this is a bush light country you know so it's two cases uh, two 30 packs of bush light come on (laughs) it works i know that's all you can find around here (laughs) bush light everywhere i go but it is i mean people go yeah, I get that. That makes sense. That's I've, all I've tried to, you know, make those rational uh, comparisons to, you know, draw those analogies yeah. together. And uh, people make time for what's important for, to them. And I think every organization, people people just need to look at it. Contribute what you can contribute. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, yeah. if, if everybody would just contribute what they could, um, for one, they'd find out that they've got more time and energy to contribute them what they realize, but yeah. then they'd also reap the benefits. So, And, you know, I feel for the most part, the people who fill these seats here will die on the sword for us. Absolutely. That's, that's, I'm yeah. dead serious. That is, that, a, pow- that is a powerful message. Yeah, and uh, they know it, and they know we'll die on the sword for them. How many chairs you got set up? Uh, about, about almost 1,200. 1,200 chairs and 1,200 members of the wbha army are going to fill this hall and and uh that's that's cool that's one awesome. thing i'd like to close with because we really didn't answer your 85 percent we feel that not that they don't matter that it it doesn't accomplish much so we we have more laser focus with the people who can make change happen mm-hmm. and focus on our membership that because that's what you can do yeah we, we Years ago, we were going to do a $50,000 video production. We made a video production. spent all this money at VCR tapes, go to shows. People looked at it. We threw most of them away, spent a lot of money. And you know what? What we do, people don't really care. They just don't. We care. Yeah. Right. Um, to me, is it's the message of conservation and how important it is right. and science right. and agencies uh, working together to manage animals. Because if we don't manage them, they're going to pay people to manage them. Mm-hmm. That's the bottom line. Seeing it all over the West. 
you know. And when it's dollars, it won't necessarily be about the betterment of management. It'll be about the cheapest way or the most effective way to manage that population, which is not, it's not right. You know what I mean? It's not Mm -hmm. the correct way to do that. So we've always Mm -hmm. took a pretty hard line in every meeting we've ever had since I've been in, in the leadership position here about you show me why we should do something different and we'll talk about it. Otherwise, this is the best management plan moving forward. And that works. But when you're presented with facts and data, you have to you have a responsibility to that management to take a hard look at that and, and make a decision. And, and that's what we do. And and going back to what Carl just said, we we don't do that broad public thing because it, it is less effective, but we always talk about it. Mm-hmm. And I think I think there will come a time, you know, we've we've given um, we did a tornado relief fund check to the Shit-tech. yeah for five thousand dollars from right. our organization no, and eleven thousand yeah yeah so and, and we've done a lot of those things but are they effective yeah but they're effective to the people that that know and appreciate what we do which which is okay with us you know there will come a time and place when I think there'll be an opportunity for us to do more in the public eye and be have a better chance to explain why we do things and and how we want people to see us, you know, but uh, we also know that people that are capable of making reasonable decisions in their own mind, that if they see the facts and the data, I mean, no different than the, just this past wolf hunt, you know, how, how you see all these headlines about over quota, look Mm -hmm. at the data. Yeah. It's, it's not an over quota situation. It's just the way that you look at the data. Right. You know, so it's a perfect example. And, and that's that's what's important. The people that, you know, are important to look at you in a certain way. Those are the ones you want to make sure that you talk to. Yeah, it's a matter of priority. And I want, you know, uh, and I agree 100 percent. Those 85 people don't care what we do. We just got to make sure that we they don't vote against us. Right. Yep. And that, that so you prioritize that. You know, how do we keep them from voting against us? That's not necessarily your priority. You know, you want to spend your money on your membership and influence in places that give you real influence. You just don't need that 85%. Well, that's the importance of your lobbyists, like the operators, not all the operators, bear hunt, not all even fish. Right. But they'll support us. So that's that networking through your lobbyists with non-hunting groups and hunting groups that don't have the same interests. And then slowly... Internet it out, you know, yeah. maintaining. Yeah, that's that's the most effective way that we know of. Yeah. If there's a more effective way, we'll look at it. But right now, that's where we're at. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Did we miss anything? No, I, I think, think so. we covered it all. All right. One thing: uh, if somebody wants to reach out to you and find out about Wisconsin Bear Hunters Association, Lucas, tell us how they can do. Yeah, that. Yeah, you can look at us. Look at us. The easiest way is going to be on our website, wbha.com. Dot USA.com. Dot US, yeah, USA.com. That's going to be the easiest way to look us up. Yep, give um, us that again. WBHA.US.com. Yep. 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 I can tell you that if you just go in uh, a search engine and type in Wisconsin Bear Hunters Association, it'll pull you up. Yep. So. That's the best way. There's tools on there to get in contact with any any of us. So, yeah. yeah. News, events coming up, everything is right on your website. That uh, is how to get yep. a membership. Yep. You know, everything's there. So, guys, I appreciate your time. I know you're going to be busy today, and I'm going to – I appreciate your uh, hospitality of inviting me up and allowing me to participate in this this event, this historic event. Yeah. And uh, if you haven't got anything else, let's go get after it. Sounds good. Thanks, Chris. Thanks, Chris. You follow your hounds, I'll follow mine. That sounds right.
Well, normally that would be a wrap, everyone, but not this time. In this special episode, Chris keeps following his hounds. He has Bob Welch on the line. Bob is the lobbyist for the Wisconsin Bear Hunters Association, and this is the kind of audio that everyone needs to pay attention to. This is how you take your hound hunting organization to the next level. So sit back, everyone, and listen to what Bob and Chris have to say. Take notes. Absorb this material. This is good stuff, guys, and we're really excited to bring it to you. Thanks, everyone, for listening. We appreciate you all. I'm with Bob Welch, who is a lobbyist in the state of Wisconsin, who represents the West, uh, Wisconsin Bear Hunters Association. I appreciate your time, Bob. Yeah, glad to be here. Yeah. So uh, I, I just want to spend a few minutes with you, 10 minutes or so here, and and just tell our audience what a lobbyist does and sure. how you represent the Wisconsin Bear Hunters Association. So Lobbying 101, I'll give you the you know two-minute version. Um, if you want to affect policy in this country, you should do what our founding fathers talked about. You know, you need to be involved. That's the way our government works. People who are not lobbying the government are just waiting for something to happen and aren't influencing it at all. Mm-hmm. And that's not what our founding fathers wanted. This government works when you get involved. And the Wisconsin Bear Hunters are very involved. They have a hugely active membership. And when you think about lobbying, there's the message, there's the messenger, and then there's the resources you put behind it. Mm-hmm. Um, and for the message, you know, we have to be very clear about what we do. Um, you know, why hunting with hounds is a great thing, why we, we help with uh, managing wildlife, why it's, it's a sport that's fun, you know, all that right. stuff. And the kids and all the things that go along with it, which a lot of other hunting groups don't have. You know, we have the kids involved right from the get-go, which is great. Um, and so that message is, we have a great message to sell, but we also have a lot of people don't like it. So we need to be involved because if we don't talk, they will. And there's two ways to talk. One is you, you know, the people, the grassroots, the hunters, you mm-hmm. are part of the message, you know, how you behave, how you act in the woods, how you treat your neighbors, how you treat the landowners. That's all part of the message. And if that goes bad, then there's nothing I can do. Right. So that's important. Don't give up on that. If you're doing that now, if you're not doing it, you should. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then the second part of the uh, messenger is not you, it's me. It's the lobbyist. And why is that important? Because you can't be in the capital, in our case, state capital in Madison, Wisconsin. You can't be there every day. Right. I'm there every day. Mm -hmm. That's what I do for a living. I spent 20 years in the legislature. Then for the last 15 years, I've been in the lobbying business. Wisconsin Bear Hunters were one of my first clients when I left the legislature. Yep. Yep. Within six months of me leaving the legislature, I was working for the Bear Hunters. So they're they're in my heart. They're they're a group I really care about. And I was a strong supporter of hunting and bear hunting when I was in the legislature, so it was a really good fit. I'm a hunter myself, but I'm not a bear hunter. I'm not a houndsman. Right. So, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm only, uh, I'm related, but I'm not that related. <laughs> and your sorry. lobbyist doesn't have to be an active hunter even. It's just somebody who can represent you well. And so what I do is spend every day in the Capitol um, talking to legislators, talking to other groups that are involved in hunting, mm-hmm. um, working to make sure our message is heard in the inside. You know, right. There's the outside game where you're talking to the public. You're also contacting your legislator. You're coming down for a one day a year to talk to them. You're calling them up if you got a problem. You should do all that. But you're not going to be there every day. You're just not. Right. And so that's where I come in to help guide you and show you how to show you how to handle the ropes in, in the Capitol. And not only that, you come to the convention and pass out flyers. And, <laughs> yes, I and do things that, like that So, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You're, you're invested here. Yeah, I'm full, full so, throttle. Absolutely. So who develops – okay, so – you are the, the boots on the ground in the Capitol for mm-hmm. your organization, for the Wisconsin Bear Hunters Association. Um, so 
tell us what that job looks like. Are you are you the person that develops a message? Are you the person that advises on the message? Are you merely a, a recon scout that's telling everybody what's going on, or do you do all of it? All that. Okay. All that. Yeah, so we have a board of directors. The board of directors sets policy. But it's my job to sort of tell them what's going on in the Capitol. Here's some things that we need to react to, mm-hmm. you know, because you're not going to know that necessarily right away. I'll find out right away what's going on yeah. and let you know, hey, this is what's happening. We should oppose that. We should support that. But then you're hearing back from your members as a board of directors. Here's the problems we're having. Bob, can you fix that? And then it's my job to develop a plan to fix. Mm-hmm. So, for example, we just had three bills signed by the governor yesterday. Nice. Three bills that we got through from January to now, which is quick and legislative mm-hmm. time, um, to fix problems that we that our members brought to us. These are things we needed to fix. Um, and we got that through the legislature, both houses, unanimously. Mm-hmm. Now, that happens because the Bear Hunters have been around a long time, and people are used to them, and they're used to hearing from me about them. They're used to... You know, we, we bring, you know, real people, board members in to testify on these bills. And we have credibility. Yeah. And we have a lot of friends. And we make those friends in a variety of ways. One is educating them about bear hunters. But another is just, I just go to a lot of, like, fundraisers for legislators and show up there with a check from the Wisconsin Bear Hunters Association Conduit Fund. And uh, so they know that I'm I'm their friend. Right. Not just a guy talking to them. I'm their friend. So. Mm-hmm. And when we use that word friend uh, in in politics... This, define that. So, are you shooting golf with them? You going to their kids' birthday parties? Well, you know, what does that really mean? Uh, not the kids' birthday party so much, but I do <laughs> do play golf with them. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, All right. <laughs> uh, there's a few guys that are like really my friends, but when politics friends means someone you agree with, you hang out with a little bit, you confide yeah. in, you talk about what's going on, uh, and you people know, that you can trust. Have an adult beverage once in a while. You know, yeah. pe- people that are uh, uh, you can trust and. One thing that people think about politics is it's dirty. You know, there's something wrong with it. So, man, I don't want to write a check out to a politician because that's awful. Again, founding fathers wanted you to do that. And it's not dirty. Here's why. There may be a guy who hates hunting. You give him a $500 check, he's not going to change his mind. Mm-hmm. So you're not, gonna, you're not out there, like, bribing people to change their mind. That right. doesn't happen in politics, at least not in Wisconsin, at least not right. much. Not, not that I know of. So what you are doing is getting people who are your friends already, they're already strong hunting supporters, and making sure they get reelected. Exactly. Because you want them there. Yes. And you want them to move up the ladder so they become the chairman and all that kind of stuff. And then there's a whole other group that just don't know anything about hunting. And so, yes, you're educating them, but if you're educating them and also helping them a little bit, yeah, they listen a little better, maybe. Right. And, and they're there to uh, either become your really good friend or at least not to be your enemy. You know? Exactly. Yeah. You know, at least they're not going to vote against you. Right, yeah. right. So we have a lot of friends, quote unquote, that, you know, aren't going to really lift a finger to help us much, but mm-hmm. they're going to stay out of our way. And that's just as good sometimes. How important is it for organizations to start developing a, a plan like the Wisconsin Bear Hunters has uh, and become proactive? Is it better to be a, seems like uh, better to be proactive or reactive in politics? Well, always better to be proactive. There you go. You can be a policy maker or a policy taker. And if you're a policy taker, you're reading about it in the paper in the morning, and it's already done. And when that hearing comes up, half the work is done before that. You That's know. an important thing. I'm glad you brought that up. You know, it seems like a lot of times we hear things. There's always this call to action that comes out on social media. By the time that comes up, how far down the pipeline is that thing? Somewhere between 25 and 80% already done by the time you hear that. Now, sometimes you have a really good chance to influence it. Um, and sometimes it's done. The cake's baked. It's done. 
Yeah. You know, so by the time you get that alert, it's all done. That's my job. Let you know what's going on before we get to that point. There, you, yeah, that's valuable. Yeah. Um, what What other words of of encouragement would you? So the big thing that the Wisconsin Bear has realized when they were, you know, they lost their season back in the early '80s, and they realized, man, if we don't get organized, we're going to not have a sport. And that was before my time. Mm-hmm. Uh, and by doing that, they realized that well. To get organized means we've got to raise some money. So yeah. this organization puts a lot of effort into raising money, so they have resources. Uh, they, have, they have people power, too. But, you know, you'll see today, uh, <laughs> it's an amazing operation and, uh, with these guys put together and how they raise money in many different ways. And use that money, part of it, to hire me, mm-hmm. uh, part of it to keep an active organization running, and then part of it, uh, it goes into our fund where we uh, help, help politicians that are on our side. Yeah. Okay, so stepping outside of Wisconsin, say there's somebody in Georgia, Arizona, Nevada, Australia, South Africa, you know, (laughs) obviously we can't talk about their political systems. But, okay, so in the United States, an organization says, hey, I liked what Bob had to say. How should an organization, where do they find a lobbyist that that can be effective for them? Yeah, so actually we can help. You know, um, I have friends and contacts in all 50 states, more Mm -hmm. or less. Uh, so they can contact us and we can help. But the, the real bottom line is somebody needs to do the homework on who in the capital, who in the lobbying world would be a good person to represent us. You mm-hmm. know, who, who would that person be? When I started with the Bear Hunters, I didn't have any other sporting groups. I have a few other ones now. So, but you, sometimes you can find someone who has other sporting groups, you know, whether it's, you know, bird hunters or deer hunters or whatever. Maybe they have a lobbyist. Um, most groups don't, quite frankly. Right. So you're going to be probably uh, in virgin turf, you know, just looking for somebody mm-hmm. who would be good for you. So, so talk to us about, uh, I'm curious about the, the Wisconsin Bear Hunters takes a very specific route, and Carl's, Carl's talked to me about this several times, but uh, I'm a retired wildlife professional. I worked for DNR in Indiana. Mm-hmm. And um, – uh, I carried the message for a lot of years that we should follow the rule proposal, the administrative rules proposal process, because the professionals are the ones who need to make policy with uh, hunting and and fishing. And Wisconsin, from what I'm gathering, takes a little bit different approach. We do. Um, Not that we don't work that process, not that we don't work with the professionals, we don't try to make friends with all those Mm -hmm. guys in the administration. But administrations change. The people at the top change. Um, not everyone at our Department of Natural Resources is pro-hunting, I have, I'm, I'm sad to say. Right. You know, I mean, they're not maybe anti-hunting, but they're not necessarily pro-hunting. Mm-hmm. Uh, but some are, and, you know, and we work with those very well. Um, because of COVID, they won't be here today. But uh, in a lot of years, we have people from the DNR here at our meeting. Uh, so we, we work hard to develop that relationship. But we know we can, in the end, rely on just that. Right. Because the DNR starts on the wrong path, we can call our friends in the legislature and get it fixed. And sometimes it's quicker to get a bill passed than to get a rule changed, quite frankly. I agree with that. (laughs) (laughs) I've seen that. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And the other problem we have in our, and this is something, you know, bigger than you and I, Chris, but not all hunters get along all the time. Right. So we, you know, inside the DNR once in a while, not always, Mm -hmm. we end up having to not fight, but we have to convince uh, other hunting groups that it's okay what we're trying to do. Right. And, you know... With the legislature, we can just say, hey, this is what we need. Bear hunters need it. Let's see if we can get it done. Right. Right. Well, Bob, have you get, dude, I miss anything? Any other important messages when you, I, you encourage organizations to get Yeah, lobbyists? this is, this is, 
if you want to see your sport 40, 50 years from now, you got to do it. You just yeah. got to. The pressures, you all know it. The pressures are out there against us, right. especially houndsmen, especially bow hunters, especially trappers. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't think they're going after, at least in Wisconsin, the mainstream deer hunters for quite a while. But they'll try to pick us off on the on the edges, as they would call it. Sure. And that's us. We're, yep. in, the, we're in the crosshairs. Yep. Well, Bob, I appreciate your time. Thanks for spending a few minutes with, Absolutely. with us. And, Absolutely. And uh, thanks for all your hard work. Oh, appreciate well, it. it's it's fun. It's a great group, as you'll find out this weekend. Yep. And uh, it's a great group, and they, they're doing good work, you know. And in the end, it's it's not just about hunting. It's about freedom. This is about freedom. Wisconsin Bear Hunters Association is a premier hound organization, and that's why I uh, found it very worth my time to come up and uh, participate, become a member, and uh, – uh, it's a model for other organizations to follow. So we like talking about success. Absolutely. Yeah. Bob, thanks for your time. I appreciate it. My pleasure. It. All right.